This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, ladies and gentlemen, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their products and really getting their messages out in the world, because there are many ways to do that. So with us today, we have Kelly, and I do... So excited to have Kelly DiPuccio with us today. She's a New York Times bestselling author of over 30 picture books for children. She travels the country speaking to kids about the importance of kindness, overcoming adversity, and personal empowerment. I knew of Kelly, I believe, when I was a teacher. So I taught for many years and I don't know which book would have been one of your first books that I was reading to my students, but my first graders loved your books. So thank you for being with us today, Kelly. Well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me into your space today. It's great to talk to you and connect with you again after all these years. Absolutely. And we're both in Michigan, which is really cool, right? You're still in Michigan? I am. Yeah. Born and raised here. Enjoying the summer months. So <laughs> let's go back a little ways. Um, I want to know where it all began with you. Did, were you an educator before you started writing picture books? Well, I, I went to Michigan State University and I actually had a degree in child psychology and I worked in foster care. So a lot of my background has always been with children, um, but I never thought about, you know, writing books for children until I had children of my own. I've always been a big reader and a writer ever since I was a kid. I always loved books. It was just something that I just, I don't know, I didn't dare to dream that big that I thought that this was something I could actually do with my life. So what was one of the first books that came out? I'm trying to think. It was actually back in 2004. It was Bed Hogs. Okay. Okay. That was the first one with uh, Disney Hyperion. And um, and it was based off basically my life, <laughs> which was being sleep deprived for many, many years because I had three kids who never wanted to sleep and were, you know, always up in the middle of the night and so they say, write what you know, and that's what I did. <laughs> I turned it into a book called Bed Hog. We were chit-chatting a little bit before the interview. Tell me a little bit about what sometimes wakes you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> well, I, I I like to call myself clear audience, uh, clear audience skills, but you know, really and truly, we all have this ability, and I just kind of call it inspiration, right? But when you say you have clear audience, it makes it sounds a little more woo-woo. But um, yeah, I actually get woken up in the middle of the night sometimes with story ideas. Sometimes I'll hear the first words of a, a story, a sentence. But I have what I call a cosmic DJ, which is very strange. I will wake up in the middle of the night or very early in the morning and hear um, a song. And sometimes it's just a few words of the song. Sometimes it's many lyrics of the song. But what's weird is that a lot of times I haven't heard the song in a long time. It's not like I was jamming to it on the radio in the car, you know, and inevitably when I would go and look up the song, the lyrics, like somehow they would relate to my life or something that was happening in my world. And um, I, I thought I was like the only one this happened to, but I've talked to other people and they also have cosmic TJs. <laughs> so um Yes, I'm not sure like what the connection is or where this inspiration comes from, but actually like um, the word inspiration just comes from the Latin word inspiratus, which means to breathe life into or to breathe into. 
And so I really think all writers have this ability, you know, where do our stories come from? You know, what, where are they? They're just not, I don't think it's just this neat brain in our head that, that this inspiration is coming from. So yeah, a lot of my stories um, have been inspired in some way by, um, I don't know, just this ideas that just come to us, right? I think all writers can speak to that. I love that. I've, I've interviewed some writers who've said, oh, I get my ideas on a walk or I get my ideas in the shower, like driving in the car. So they come to us in different places. And I just um, had this vision of your story, Bacon, because that's a beloved story. Um, one of your books in my household right now with my eight-year-old boy, he loves that story, Bacon. And I see, uh, is that Gaston sitting on the couch behind you? Yes, yes, I have my big guest on plage sitting there on the chair. <laughs> awesome. So years and years of picture books. And I know a big part of what you were doing before the pandemic was speaking at schools. So if if I were to ask you the question, you know, how do you think most people hear about your stories? What would your answer be? How do they hear about them or yeah, learn about what books you've written and you know our approach? Well wonderful teachers really and librarians um without them i don't know where we would be <laughs> um i think that's mainly a, the, the the teachers who have a passion for books and reading and just share great stories with kids um so a lot of times that's how they're um, they're exposed to them and just by um teachers sharing books and finding ways to incorporate them into their lesson plans um, you know, the, it's all changed so much now because of, you know, social media and, you know, getting your books out there in different ways. And there's all kinds of different formats now, the eBooks. And um, yeah, so the whole, it's interesting because I've been doing this for over 20 years and the entire industry has changed completely um, in that 20 years, but even more so in the last couple of years uh, through the pandemic, you know, we've really had to adjust in terms of you know, how we get our books out there and get them into the hands of kids. And, and because I'm not out there touring like I used to, um, hopefully and that'll be changing soon, but. <laughs> yeah. And that was my next question because I know, um, I mean, if you were to get in a school of 800 children, that's what two hours, maybe one program, an hour long program of hearing the messages in your story and hearing about your inspiration, where when the pandemic happened, that really um, came to a halt. So in what ways over the pandemic did that change for you? And is, is there anything that you learned in connecting with your readers through the pandemic that you would like to carry on post pandemic? But I'm not sure if we're there quite yet. We're getting there. We're getting yes, really close. We are. Well, prior to the pandemic, um, I like to say BC, right? Um, I was kind of one of these authors who was holding out, kicking and screaming, I'm not going to do Skype visits. You know, I just had no interest in doing them. And I, I love the connection of being face to face with kids and just having that, you know, experience of reading directly from a book and seeing their expressions and feeding off their energy. And it's just a wonderful thing. Um, so I kind of resisted that for a very, very long time. Well, then, of course, when the pandemic hit, that was the only way to reach our readers was to do it virtually. So uh, reluctantly, I decided, OK, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and uh, it, it actually, it's, it's worked out great. I'm, I'm kind of glad in a way that it forced me out of my comfort zone 
to to do this. And, and there were sometimes when I was on a call and I was speaking, there was one um, district in te uh, Texas, and there were like four thousand kids on this call because you know with technology you can do this and so it was amazing that how many people you can actually reach that way that maybe I wouldn't have been able to reach otherwise um, so yeah that's definitely been um, a big part of how I had to as they say pivot <laughs> during the pandemic is um, is doing my virtual visits and also the promoting you know a lot of the bookstore events early on I had three books come out during the pandemic and so we were doing, you know, partnering with bookstores and um, doing story times with them through their stores. And, you know, it was it was challenging. It really was. And I really missed being able to sit there, um, you know, and sign books for for people after, you know, book launch. I really missed that aspect of it. It wasn't quite the same, you know, sending out, you know, book labels and but um, but yeah, at least we were able to still connect with with readers in just a different way. And four thousand children in one visit—I mean, that is amazing. And um, just as we're talking, because this is a podcast, but it also goes on YouTube. We just saw a little animal walk by your background, and four years ago, that would just be so like, oh, she has an animal in the background. And now we're like, oh yeah, this is normal. So who do we just see walk walk by? Um, well, one of them's back. I actually have three dogs. I have uh, three three human children, but they all are grown and out of the house now. So I've since replaced all of my human children with fur babies. But um, yeah, and they often upstage me when I'm talking to kids um, online because they will come in and they will do things. One time it was very it was awful. My one of my dogs started throwing up. <laughs> Like, welcome to the new world. Oh, oh my goodness. Virtual oh. visits. Oh, and it's hey, she I thought it was hilarious. Of course, that's all they could talk about. Well, I bet they went home and had stories around the dinner table. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Kelly, now that we're kind of the world's changing a bit and things are getting back to our new normal, um, do you feel like you might do you still feel that reluctancy to virtual visits or do you think you might still do some? Are you really wanting to go back in person? What are your thoughts? Well, I definitely want to go back in person, but um, I will for sure continue with the virtual visits because like I said, I, I'm, I'm getting older now and like I love to go new places and see new things, but at the same time, a lot of these visits involve so much travel, you know, different plane connections and renting cars and driving. And so sometimes I'd be traveling more than I was actually talking to kids. And oh, I can so imagine. Yeah. That was like the challenging part of it. There were some years when I was just doing so many school visits and traveling so much and, and quite frankly, just getting burned out from that aspect of it. I loved going into the schools and meeting the kids, but it was that travel was hard. So this has really given me opened some doors for me in terms of then maybe saying, well, I, you know, I, I can't commit to traveling, but um, I can still offer you a virtual visit depending on, you know, my schedule and the month. And so, yeah, I will definitely be doing the virtual visits moving forward. Um, and it's kind of nice, you know, I mean, we've all kind of 
learn to adjust in terms of working from our homes. And so it is kind of nice in the way, you know, when I'm done with a visit, then I can just go have a cup of coffee or go sit on my patio with my dogs and relax and not have to like race to an airport because I'm worried about missing a flight. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm actually seeing, I saw on social media a couple of days ago, bookstores. I saw a bookstore <clears throat> that I know of in California and they're doing a virtual visit with an author who's on the East Coast. So I thought, oh, I didn't realize bookstores are going to continue that, but it sounds like they are. So I know listeners love to hear this question and I don't think I prepared you, but what are you currently working on? Ah. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, right now I'm actually in between projects. Um, but I have uh, three books coming out next year. So I'm kind of in the phase right now where I'm thinking about, you know, promotion and how what I'm going to do for those books and how that's going to look. Um, but I recently finished um, writing the third Una book. Una is my mermaid series with HarperCollins. And the third book is called Una in the Arctic. And it was really fun to write and because now with the third book I really know these characters well and uh, Riza Figueroa is the illustrator and she just does amazing art and illustrations and so um, we kind of wrapped the the text up for that and the art and so that was kind of like my last project that I wrote but I have some ideas in the back of my head I'm, I'm when I have that inspiration sometimes they're just little tiny seeds of stories and I really have to wait and be patient with those seeds for them to germinate and grow and bloom because if I rush it too soon, then I kind of find I run out of steam. So it's interesting um, how they will just sit with me and marinate, so to speak. I know once um, years ago, and it, it was a story that I never, I, I wrote, but it was never published, but it was about a snowman and I literally felt like I was being stalked by this snowman. His name was Mr. Winterbottom. <laughs> and it was like, occasionally it would just like pop up in my head and I would, I would get a little piece of the story, a little bit here, a little bit there. And um, so, yeah, sometimes it can take me literally months before I will actually write a word down on paper. I'm very... Wow. I don't know. It's just part of my process. I have to, it almost has to just be ready to just burst and tell itself before I, you know, force it. So, um, yeah, so it, 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 all stories come to me in all different ways. And that's why I tell kids, you know, sometimes you have to be patient, you know, it takes some time and, and, you know, everyone always wants to know how long does it take me to write a story? And, um, and every story is different and some come to me, you know, really quickly and others, you know, really take you know, sometimes even years uh, for the idea to, to kind of bloom. I love that. I love that. Well, listeners, we are going to have Kelly's podcast come out next Tuesday or two Tuesdays from now, but every Tuesday we have another creative individual who shares their story here, their journey, and who creates inspiration for those listeners who are either wanting to write a book or get books into their stores, into their classrooms. So thank you so much for your time today, Kelly. Thank you. I've enjoyed talking to you. Excellent. Have great. a great day. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com. <laughs>